0: You are now listening to The Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. We talk about the journey of their life, the ups and downs, how they chase their dreams, how they figured out what their dreams were, all of the good and some of the like maybe bad but I don't believe anything's bad because life is always working out. (laughs) The point of the podcast is to show that your joy, your worth, your value, feelings of successful aren't out there somewhere. It's something that we have to claim for ourselves every single day or else we'll never feel it. We'll just keep pinning it on something else. On today's episode, we have Dan Doty. He is a father, a writer, a filmmaker, a coach, he hosts the Everyman podcast and is the founder of Everyman. He has a really interesting story, which has led him to creating Everyman, which is a community of men who come together to explore the frontier of human emotion and connection. I wanted to talk to Dan because it feels like females are very much leading or immersed more in personal development, cycle of work, and so Dan is is part of the world that is now bringing that more to the masculine side. So let's get into the episode and hear all about his journey and why he's doing that. All right. So let's just start with, you're wearing the shirt for (laughs) a company. Did you create Everyman? Yeah.
1: yeah. With some co-founders, but yes. Yes, I created it.
0: And what exactly is that?
1: We um, are an American t-shirt company that employs i'm just kidding i was
0: like "Mm, this isn't (laughs) the company i thought i was talking to
1: (laughs) no um we are a men's wellness brand and the core of what we bring to men and uh, the world is a a new way of being centered on uh slowing down and getting fluent and in touch with our internal truth through our emotions and our bodies and learning how to communicate congruently our insides and our outsides to other people. So it's an emotional uh, wellness-oriented company for men.
0: Wow. And this seems like in this day, maybe just because I am a woman, that there's lots of different work groups, programs, people out there that are speaking to women in this way. Yeah. It seems less common to be focused on men. And of course, you are a man. (laughs) But how, so how did that, I'm guessing you must have gotten started in because of you personally doing some work like that.
1: A lot of it. Yeah. I mean, it has my, I actually feel like my entire, the entirety of my life, uh, shaped me to be in the position to create this thing. Um, starting out with being a really sensitive boy, like very, very sensitive in a very non feeling culture, a very non feeling part of the country. I grew up in North Dakota, grew up in a very like farming sort of a hard-nosed, uh, closed-off Germanic um, yeah. family and culture. And uh, feelings were not had. Yeah, They just weren't even had, you know? I mean, you were okay and stop. There really weren't many options beyond that. There was Did you really, have a
0: lot of siblings?
1: And a little brother. A
0: little brother. A so little she, brother. To your big brother, too. Yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. Um Anyway, so yeah, so there was a lot of... Uh, Well, anyway, what I'm trying to say there, there's, there was a huge gap between what I perceived and what was expressed in terms of everyone around me. I could feel the weight of their emotion on that they carried with them. And it was rarely, if ever shared. And I was just like, what the, can I swear? Is this a swearing podcast? It's like, what the fuck is that? And that's confusing. And I don't know what to do with that. And you
0: remember that as a kid. Deeply. Yeah. Deeply. And I'm guessing because of the way you grew up, you didn't really talk about it or, Or did you try to?
1: No, there was no weight. There was no words to talk about it. There was no one to talk about it to. Uh, It was just this completely like hidden part of life.
0: And how did that like make you feel or like make you move through life?
1: I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I had an amazing childhood. Honestly, I was really loved. You know, there wasn't it wasn't like I often think of there's this polar opposite family maybe in long island love like (laughs) italian immigrants just like you know eating pasta and like yelling at each other and then crying because they love each other so much like that that's like the polar opposite um but i don't know i internalized it it formed me it shaped me you know i uh i had some passions as a kid i was a voracious reader and a writer Uh, And I got into martial arts and I like
0: poured everything I had into that. Yeah. That feels like it's probably a good outlet for like you're feeling a lot of things and seeing a lot of things. But yeah, because I feel like that must create like a lot of internal frustration and confusion. Tension. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, one of the things I know it did was like even today after 15, 18 years of body work, raw thing, uh, you know, all kinds of like my body is still just this like like clamps it clamps. So, so, I know that's one of the effects. It like somatically growing up that way, just really just like funk. Like, I was like, I had s- metal like girders <laughs> going through me and cement, and I had to, I've had to been like break those up in my adulthood. Um, so, that was real.
0: So, you got into martial
1: arts. Got into martial arts. Um, was obsessed with it. You know, it was like a double black, the second degree blackout wow. by the time okay. I was 14. You know, like that. Was, went
0: full I in. I went full yeah. in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had a flat top. I had like, for whatever reason, we thought that was the shape to put my hair in, like a redheaded <laughs> flat top, with giant glasses, like breaking bricks, and like, ah, you know. That was me as a kid. Then high school came, and I turned a little more normal and played football, and was like in heavy metal bands, and like I don't know, kind of ignorant Midwest, blissful, drank a lot. I don't know.
0: But you so you said early on, like you were a sensitive kid. Yeah. But is that sort of like but you didn't know like but we're not sensitive. So you just then like sort of conformed or like, okay, so I play sports, metal, you know what I mean? Like did you were you yeah, aware I mean, I back then thoughtful. or is it just well, I, now? It's
1: interesting. I like if I put myself in my like 17-year-old form, I feel like I was thoughtful, you know, I was intelligent. Um, I I kind of went against the grain enough, you know, I like kind of didn't give a shit about a lot of things, um, but no. Did I did I feel sensitive that time? Probably not. I feel like I was pretty caught up in adolescence. Like I don't know, you know, lifting yep. weights and eating a lot of food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Lifty what I did. And eating a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> like life of a, a boy. Slamming <laughs> yeah.
1: Mountain Dew. That was my thing. I had a fridge full of Mountain Dew. And I would literally wake up in the middle of the night, thirsty as hell. And I would roll over and I'd slam oh, them God. on, to go back to bed. That's me.
0: Wow. That's what I, that's how I
1: grew up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so where did you start to like, like you said, you've done a lot of work or like, where do you have the like insights yeah. and stuff? Um, I, I'm guessing that's like, is that like once you. First, Become an adult out in the ooh, world, look, like living on your own? Or?
1: Kind of. I have, I have a lot of gratitude for uh, a couple women in my life that kind of got me there. My uh, high school girlfriend drugged me to college with her and then drugged me Drove to... You to
0: college? Really?
1: She came back. Does that she, mean
0: like you didn't really have like, this is where I want to go and what I want to do? And she was like, I'm going here. Where's I had going? very
1: little ambition. I, it was less, less of what had to do with ambition and more had to do with complete ignorance. Could, no idea about the world. Like zero idea about what the world was all about um and and that's true she took me to to college she came back from school she's like i'm gonna go to college next year in duluth if you want to be with me you have to come with and i'm like okay i'll go (laughs) and then the next year we go to college she comes back i'm gonna go to europe for a year if you want to be with me you're gonna have to come with i'm like oh sure (laughs) that was the first step like i went and lived in europe and it was like so growing up where i grew up in a small town in north dakota and then like going to visit like say any of the mediterranean countries down there it's just like and you were
0: holy shit exploring for a year yeah i went to school we went to school in england but we but we had like months to explore yeah got it blew
1: me away blew me away like just like everything was awesome <laughs> you know the food the culture the music the people the emotion just everything just like it's like holy shit so i got obsessed with that i got obsessed with world travel um and in order to and then i i started um studying anthropology sort of as a minor i went to uh, ecuador and i lived with indigenous groups both in the andes and down in the amazon basin and wow. got obsessed with shamanism and sort of like so i dove the head first into a lifestyle uh, where I would travel and I would read everything about shamanism and all of that kind of stuff. And that was like a big chapter of my life. In order- Is that
0: still then in, in college? In and, uh,
1: in and right after, right? So, you're like, so then start, like, you
0: go to Europe, then start to do anthropology? Cause that's so summertime. yeah, my
1: junior year, I went on an anthropological field study to Ecuador with the same sort of mentors that led the year abroad to europe so it they just like brought me into this amazing like
0: and path. is that where then you discovered shamanism yeah. was because you went for the anthropology yeah, we were living
1: with a group on the napo river in ecuador and uh the shaman took us to a ceremony an ayahuasca ceremony down river he didn't invite us to partake but he drank and did blessings and um i'm gonna tell i don't know if i've ever told this story publicly but it changed my life so he, just the,
0: watching it we yeah, participating just
1: watching but here's the thing so he's singing he's ikaros, and I can feel something is happening I don't know what and he sings louder and louder and louder and louder and all of a sudden bam lightning bolt
0: like actual
1: actual lightning bolt struck right where we were no clouds in the sky no rain no nothing at the crescendo at the very top of his song I was like what the just uh, happened. <laughs> this shit's real. Changed my life forever. Really, that was like uh, that was a pretty big moment. I was like, "Oh fuck, whoa," uh you know. Okay, no, no concept of what's going on here. So, I became obsessed, and I read and listened to, and sort of dove into that world. Heavy, 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 heavy.
0: That's pretty, yeah. Because I don't even, you know, to be honest, and I've been sort of in spiritual wellness world for long time i still don't actually even know what a shaman is it just seems like oh a shaman spirit highly spiritual person what what would you say
1: i mean in that specific tradition he would be the medicine man the the caretaker but also the spiritual caretaker of the community and would
0: spiritual caretaker of the community yeah
1: yeah i think it'd be a fair enough yeah i like that yeah And would, you know, so, you know, physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health would, uh, you know, both sort of travel to and from other realms, other places himself, but then also guide other people there as well.
0: Wow. Other realms, other places, meaning like physically body is there.
1: I mean, I think that's one of the biggest questions of our time right now, right? Like where is that exactly? Is it in the body? Is it in the mind? Right. Is it is it a different dimension
0: that we can access? I don't got know. it. But meaning like we're sitting here and yeah. we could be traveling there, sort of. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it is. He's not getting clarifying. On a, he's not getting like, on a seven forty seven. I'm gonna show you. <laughs> I found it. It's yeah. over here. <laughs>
1: So in order to, so my new lifestyle involves, you know, picking amazing places to travel and live. And, uh.
0: So how did you fund yourself, pay your bills?
1: Yeah. So my first career, I became a wilderness therapy guide.
0: Wilderness therapy guide. And is that something you created or you found?
1: So I was in a, uh, internet cafe in Panama city, Panama, and I needed a job. And, uh, my girlfriend at the time had family in Utah. So we're like, well, let's move to Utah. When I Craigslist Craigslist was, uh, <laughs> I basically found everything in my life through Craigslist, Craigslist for about eight years of my life, <laughs> and um, yeah, there's an ad for wilderness therapy guides. So there's an entire industry of wilderness therapeutic programs that are basically are a gateway to therapeutic boarding schools. So Johnny or
0: therapeutic uh, boarding school,
1: yeah. So families on either coast that have, I, I mean, they can be anywhere. They tend to be on the coast. Rich families with kids who are uh, out of control and need- Acting
0: out, they can't.
1: Drugs, violence, addictions, uh, you name it, all kinds of stuff. It's a therapeutic intervention, right? And so they would come to these wilderness camps for 90 to 120 days. And I would live with them out in the woods and we would hike every day and we would learn uh, primitive skills and we would practice communication technology, you know, practice good communication. We would do deep, emotional, exhaustive, like self-work, and therapists, clinicians would come in every once in a while to sort of guide things. So I did that for four or five years. I also worked in in a correctional capacity and did programs for kids who were locked in jail. So I worked with young men between the ages of 13 and 19 exclusively for about, I probably spent about 850 days in the woods.
0: And how, I'm guessing for that type of job, like, did you have to do any trainings or anything? They're not just going to send anybody out into the woods? I mean, are, you have
1: to get a wilderness medical um, background, so they supported like me to do that. like mental
0: work stuff, to be able to like, or because they had therapists coming in. So you said you were doing work with communication, but a lot of it is more like survival skills like that. But I'm like, were you responsible to for... The bottom line Talking.
1: responsibilities were to make sure the kids didn't die first, okay. <laughs> that they were fed and watered as well as possible, that they didn't hurt each other or themselves, and that we would be given this curriculum to deliver, oh, okay. which would be, uh, you know, fireside so you're chats you not necessarily and stuff. like
0: had training, but there's like, here's this curriculum That to was my training. Got it.
1: The job was my training. That was like uh, a selection process for like <laughs> any job that you want to do after that is Pretty uh, doable after that process. I loved it. It was the most incredible, one of the most incredible you times of my love life. It. Oh my god!
0: And you're like in the woods with like kids that are like rich kids that probably have had everything they've always ever wanted, and their parents don't know what to do with them anymore.
1: Uh, that's part of it, but yes, I mean it would be you know very physical lifestyle, very simple, slowed down lifestyle. And I learned, I think, like for me, it was perfect it was, um, it, it gave me this like deep ground level training in interpersonal dynamics and even things as simple as awareness and meditation. I like basically meditated without knowing I was meditating 24 hours a day for about five years when I was at work. Right. Because it's just that when you step out across that threshold and are actually in the wilderness and in the quiet and, and are focused on that human dynamic the sort of like just the, the, uh, the tone and tenor of, of life is very different. Yeah. And right? it just like sunk in, and literally, I used to make jokes. I'd say, you know, people would ask me if I ever went to therapy. I said, no, I have a sleeping bag. I don't, I don't need a therapist, you know? Oh. Um,
0: Cause you're just like, you're in nature. You don't have all the distractions that we have to distract ourselves from the thoughts that we actually have. Is that, well, is no-
1: it actually felt very, it feels very therapeutic for me literally to just sleep on the ground.
0: Got it.
1: Yeah just like gets, it like tends to get people in touch with themselves in a very, very visceral, deep, primal way. And looking back on it, I needed a therapist too. I didn't know it at the time. Like it was, it was, that was enough for the time. I've I've had plenty of therapists since, Uh, but it was a, it gave me so much. It, It gave me the starts of a true vibrant spiritual life. And it gave me the, the, the starts of a almost obsessive uh, desire to serve and give back and help men and boys be healthy.
0: Because that also, like, did you see those boys like transform while they were there?
1: Massively, yeah, yeah. I mean, not all of them, and I'm sure. all of them at different degrees. But I mean, you you spend one hundred and twenty days in the wilderness. Is that, that like it,
0: camp? Like you're in a tent? Like.
1: You know, you sleep under a tarp and you hike 10 miles every single day and you move camps and you're just always moving. So
0: you're like seriously not like set up in a camp every day you're moving and then like sleeping wherever you hike to that day. Yep. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I got to do some, you know, some of the correctional stuff. We had these 350 pound Voyager canoes and we would we would do these like 300 mile loops on these lakes in Minnesota. Sometimes we in the winter time uh, we would cross-country ski through chains of lakes in northern minnesota dragging like 70 pound sleds behind us and we'd camp on top of lakes and you know like fucking awesome wow. <laughs> i mean like i love that you know that's me that's, that's me ha- for
0: you i'm like ooh, <laughs> that's me in my
1: happy 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 place like the like the more kind of grueling of physicality you put at me the happier i get it's just how I was <laughs> wow wired,
0: so <laughs> So you were there for how long? How many years?
1: Probably a total of four and a half or five years. I did that kind of stuff. And
0: then what happened to make you move on? Was that your choice? I just got a little
1: bored and and I wanted a new challenge. So I was going to either join the Peace Corps or um, I ended up becoming a New York City teaching fellow and I got a free master's for two years of teaching in the Bronx, uh, teaching high school.
0: Okay. So a teaching fellow, they're paying for your master's while you are... Teach, while I'm teaching teaching.
1: Yeah. So uh, and yeah. how
0: did you then is that because you're then working with kid like yeah like what made you want to do that?
1: Uh two things. It seemed like the biggest challenge I could find. <laughs> uh like New York City.
0: Right, that's a, quite a change in environment. I,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're sleeping on top of a lake in a canoe. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so like total challenge and the second part was I wanted to get a, a Higher degree, but I didn't want to just go back to school and not work. It seemed like a waste of time.
0: And why did you want a higher degree? Did you have some goal I or you're just like,
1: I mean, well, yeah, I think I had some. I was beginning to have ambitions. Like, you didn't
0: have like this, I'm going to get this degree to have this, but just you were like, okay, I need a next step, more learning. I knew I was for...
1: headed in a direction. And uh, like well, the other choice at the time was, am I going to go become a therapist?
0: Oh, yeah. That makes I sense.
1: hated that idea.
0: That didn't was an like idea. It. But you hated it. Yeah. <laughs> was that other people asking you that? Or you were like, this seems like it would be a good next step. But again, I think like, I think why it was an option if you. hated it. <laughs> well,
1: it was it was like, all right. You know, so I put a couple years in this position. I get very good at it. I look around me at my peers. Who are they? It's like you can own a program. Right. Like this. Or you could be a, a clinician and you could work with people. I I I realized I learned that I had an ability to truly, deeply connect with people, right. and and I had an ability to help people.
0: So it makes sense. It was like to how, become a therapist exactly. But at the same time, you hated the idea of that.
1: Well, and it was just, or the, just didn't feel right. It, it it didn't feel right because it was the 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 and this is important because what I really learned out there, uh, and there was many out there's but out there. <laughs> Was that, so I didn't actually really enjoyed the therapists that I worked with and they were good at what they did. And I also, the rebel in me was like, fuck you and your diagnosis. Fuck you and all of this red tape and bureaucracy. Fuck you and your you know, like, uh, fuck this sort of vertical hierarchical structure where, you know, you know, people's things and it's one directional. Like, I don't like that. And what I learned out there was this what I observed and saw and felt was this deeper human connection, how humans can just show up for each other without the degrees and all that stuff. Right. Which is which is a direct connection to lead toward everyman, which is a peer-driven support structure for people. Right. So that was a big deal, you know. And I didn't want to go. I don't even today, you know, like we probably need clinical uh oversight on some of our everyman things. And I'm like, yeah okay and you know it's yeah it's this it's this
0: i get that i think yeah. that's my own like hesitation with like personally going to therapy is like oh i know it will ben. it's like so beneficial and that but like this like wanting yeah. the more connection and all. like are they just going to be like, asking all these questions and like tr- like and then over but it's like i know it's such a great thing but it's like i yeah i think i understand your
1: but i was also connection. blind because yeah, honestly i had a conversation a couple of weeks ago i'm like i should have gotten a freaking i should have went and got a a therapy degree i should have it would have made the transition to this point probably easier just because it's an established thing you can yeah. make money doing it and what i didn't know is that the therapists that i have had which is several now they have all had a deeply human part of their training that came uh you know, like Peter Levine's somatic experiencing therapy or Ron Kurtz and her, like there's these other modalities right. that are a little bit more woo, like woo or esoteric, but they bring the, and then it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Then they got the best of both worlds. They can operate like under, like, you can pay me through your uh, insurance, but I'm also going to deliver right. you an incredible experience. But you were like,
0: therapist equals this, like yeah. one version of it. I was and blind. I yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, blind.
0: totally get that. So what did you end up getting the, Master education. In? I got. A, I got okay. a master's
1: of education. Licensed. To, I'm licensed to teach English in the state of New York.
0: And have you ever <laughs> taught beyond that?
1: No. No, I hated it.
0: So. Oh. So you're getting the masters in teaching at the same time. That's not your thing.
1: Oh. The. Well. It. It was my thing. I loved the experience of it. I loved my kids. I loved the school I worked with. I loved all my coworkers. It was a beautiful experience. It burnt me the fuck out. And I am not a good educational teacher. It's not what I was put on this planet to do. It looks pretty bad at it, actually. Um, and I didn't care. At the end of the day, I cared about these kids' hearts and their like well-being. Yeah. And I did not care about their, their math grades. skills. Yeah. So so where,
0: what was the next step then? You got your master's.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I blew up. Well, it was an important junction. So I, the burnout was important. The burnout sent me to quit the job and go to Peru and kind of go on. I really took my own journey starting at that point. I, I did some uh, I did some out of character, shitty things at that time. I kind of turned into a person that I didn't know anymore. Hmm. And I just had to, it was like, a, it was the reset. It was like, holy shit, dude. I can't believe it's you gotten that You turned into bad. the
0: person you didn't know when you were still in the like, teaching her after burnout right,
1: right right in the end of it got it right in the end of it just like all of my shit started coming out all of my repressed shit like like i hadn't really done any work yet at that point got really it. hadn't dug in deeply um i was just kind of like living life you know and so i in that i found my first men's group um in new york city which changed my life overnight and
0: how, like what is that like and what was the men's group you found
1: yeah, it was. So it was uh, it's called the Brotherhood New York City, and it was just a, a peer led informal men's group that had about 10 members that met weekly. Uh, it had been formed about eight years before that by some guys who had done some training with David Data. I'm not sure if you've ever heard yeah. of David Data, but he's one of the sort of veins of uh, men's focused uh, men's work and And so this group had been independent in New York and been going on. And I got invited by a stranger that I met at a dinner party. Um, And yeah.
0: And what do you do? So you show up once a week and is there like everybody just talks or is we're talking about this this week or like.
1: A little of both. So in so this that specific one was. um, Yeah, we'd sit chairs in a circle. We'd take turns leading and, you know, you'd start everybody just kind of do a quick check in like, what's up? And then, yeah, whoever led would bring in some exercises or some breath work or some, you know, the the sort of ethos of that group was being present, right? Like, can you just show up here yeah. and just be super present with us? And like, we'll call each other out if you're not. Like, you're leaning back in your chair, dude, you're not present. Sit up. Huh. That kind of shit. That's not what we do at every man. That's yeah. not like the tone of what we do. Um, but what it was deeper than that was, you know, all of the men, I was, you know, 26 or 20, I was probably 27 all the men in there had a decade on me at least. And they were all fucking ballers. Just like, <laughs> just had their shit together.
0: Like their lives, their lives.
1: They're like all like, you know, and that was a, which I
0: guess probably inspires you to keep showing back. Like you're like, oh I'm like, I mean, like ten oh, I'm successful this group with all these awesome,
1: <laughs> 10 successful mentors, like off the bat. And of course all of them had fucked up things in life too. Right. But like on first impression, like, Wow. You're doing meaningful, meaningful work. You have like good relationships. You make good money. It's like, whoa, this is a type of man that I, I actually have not ever actually seen, <laughs> let alone like right here telling <laughs> me what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really work?
1: was is incredible. Yeah. Um, so and that started the process. I remember a moment in that first meeting that I like looked around. And I'm like, my God, this is what those young dudes did around the fire. And now I get to do it myself. I'm like, Uh why haven't I been doing this myself anyway? But
0: yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So
1: that kick started a a big, you know, from 27 to, I suppose, up until I got married, 32. Like, man, I hit it hard. I trained. I like, I found a really deep meditation practice that I took way seriously. I I learned different methods of men's work. I started, you know, leading groups and running groups and taking trainings and things like that. So you found
0: different, like forms of men's group that are existed and would join them and leave them yeah. or you had already sort of created your own
1: A little of both. No. So the most important, so from New York in that I, I quickly moved to Montana uh, for another wilderness job. And there's, I know this is kind of like, maybe, maybe it's not complicated. It feels complicated, complicated to me, but I moved to Montana, uh, stumbled into a coffee shop, saw a sign for a local men's group, called the number, went to a meeting and met Owen Marcus who's uh who's my mentor and a co-founder of Everyman. And so he's 65, 66 now uh-huh. and he's been developing a specific like emotion embodied emotional and embodied centric version of men's work for about 30 years. And I'm like, "Oh shit, you're this is it. You're the one. This is this is the stuff, you know." And he and I almost immediately became thought partners and creative together. Um and it took several years before we actually launched Everyman, but that was the beginning of of that relationship
0: got it. Risha here, bringing you a brief interruption to tell you about this week's sponsor, Encircled. Their mission is to help women do more with less clothing in their closets through designing clothes that are equally parts comfortable and stylish. Yes, I am all for this. They focus on using premium, sustainable, and luxurious fabrics that are made from naturally derived materials. They care about who and how the clothing is made. 100% of their collection is made locally in Toronto, Canada, by fairly paid workers. Pretty amazing. The products, the clothing, was all designed by former management consultant and avid frequent flyer who wanted to have less clothing in her suitcase that was comfortable and versatile and looked great. So all the products are super versatile. Their most popular designs are the 8-in-1 dress cardigan top. What? Called the Chrysalis Cardi. So you can wear it eight different ways. Also popular, the dressy sweatpant, which I currently have on and is super cozy and sleek and their dressy sweatshirt. So go check them out. And they gave us a code. You can get $20 off orders of $100 or more with code Claim It Podcast. The code is good through December 31st, so go get yourself a nice present for all your travels and for hanging out at home for all that you do. Encircled.co or Encircled.ca if you're in Canada. $20 off with code Claim It Podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. When you're, so when you said you were living in New York and then you went to Montana for some nature work, you went, you said sort of had the breakdown, went to Peru, started learning, but you were still like based in New York City
1: for a little while at the end of the and breakdown, And what were you doing then, for
0: work then, too, if you stopped teaching?
1: Yeah. So for a year, I was a part time teacher at a high need school. I started a side hustle as a independent uh mentor for families and young ones who are struggling
0: oh wow and
1: um i wrote a novel and i recorded an album and i wrote on the train and <laughs> i I just kind of had a, a year
0: so you were just doing things putting yourself out there in all sorts of ways yeah. basically yeah wow yeah, yeah
1: totally <laughs> it's a good year it was an intense year um yeah then i moved to montana and then
0: in montana um, was for
1: it was for a wilderness job first to be a, to be a director of a wilderness program. Oh, okay. But that, that lasted a while, but then I quickly c- turned a corner and got invited to be on a TV crew as a wilderness uh, sort of backup.
0: Oh, okay.
1: By one of the guys I was in that men's group with in New York. He was oh, a director. Wow. Got a call out of the blue. Never even. And so that kickstarted a five-year career in media. I went from. Okay. I went that's from,
0: what I was like. I thought there was some sort yeah. of video. Yeah in their history somewhere so that was just kind of accidental completely out of nowhere your nature. Hey, nature guy. How about have a camera like that? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, really? Exactly. No, it was literally You're
0: good in nature. Hold this. It
1: was, <laughs> it was literally like the, the guy called me. I'll never forget the conversation. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, so we, uh, we sold this TV show. We got to go to Alaska and climb this mountain and hunt a deer at the top and then carry it back down. And I got to get nine guys up and down that uh hill. And I'm he, he's like, uh, What do you think (laughs) like he needs some help man he's like would the you and i'm like maybe sure uh yeah so
0: you were there to help them do whatever they were trying to do in nature
1: yeah and then it developed into me being a associate producer then a producer director shooter and eventually executive producer and beyond got
0: Um, it so in all of that then were you still taking part of the men's group and this is so before or when you first went to Montana and you said you found that li- listing in the coffee shop, this was like when you first got there. So were you still yeah. in? So yeah. you were in contact with that man.
1: So I sat in men's groups the entire time and I continued learning and I continued deepening my abilities and all that.
0: So men's groups are pretty common. And they just, or are. you just more like more and more and more. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's more and more there, there has been men's groups, uh, probably a a noticeable amount since the 70s 60s or 70s there's been a couple waves of different like organizations that created them it does seem to be beginning to permeate wider culture right now i think due to necessity um yeah um but no i mean yes and no i mean
0: you just knew about them though and so probably were like more open to looking for them and finding them does that feel like yeah, I feel like once yeah. you know about something, then it's like,
1: oh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, you know, depending on how uh, I guess seriously you take the mystical parts of life, I mean, like, you know, it felt like wandering into that weird little part of Idaho to find that men's group was I don't know. Call it what you will call fate or kismet or just a random accident. It was the right thing. It was a good yeah. thing, you know. Um. Yeah. So I had a bifurcated life for a while where my work was then it was a a TV show called Meat Eater, which is a like a cult hit in the hunting world. Okay. It's an ethically based hunting show, hunting for food. Um and yeah, I you know, I went on between sixty and sixty-five episodes, directed and produced forty five of those and um went all over the world, had crazy adventures, learned how to tell stories. Um and meanwhile, you know, I had this like dual life, like my men's group life at home and my spiritual practice at home. And then this very uh sort of driven masculine hunting life yeah. in the daytime. So
0: So where did you start? What made the transition into creating everyman? Uh Duke and was out born.
1: Duke was born and my career was tanking at the end. Like I I became an executive producer and opened up a new office and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And it was just also it was I think that converged at the same time of feeling like this is not what I was born to do. I like was you not were just born just again to sort of like following
0: the steps, okay, they invited yeah. me on TV show, okay, oh oh, direct, yeah. okay, produce, okay, so what's next? I yeah. guess I open my own office, and then you're like, what am I even? Doing? yeah, I mean, that's just not
1: what I was you know <laughs> like it, didn't, it was like exciting, and there was money involved, and there was adventure involved, things that I like, and like you know, at the end of it, um. I started writing articles I start I, my attention started going elsewhere and then Duke was born and uh and that was a big part of it you know I think emotionally recognizing that I have a son and like there's this body of work that's important to me and I'm I guess to make it really clear I was terrified at that time in my life I was really scared to step up and share this stuff shaking in my boots
0: to step up and share the stuff that you wanted to put out. Yeah.
1: You know? The fact that men could be Im- vulnerable and emotional and it would be healthy and good for them.
0: Right. And were are like, in that's like, would you, when you were on location and working all those things, like, did you, do people know that you were part of a men's group and they just yeah, work? Or it you was weird. Yeah. It was weird. For like them. they thought that was weird. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so then that fed into the fear of like you feeling like you want to share this stuff, but also yeah, who's going to. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then when your first son was born, and then I got fired. Oh, you got a month fired. later. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Exactly. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. The job ended, and uh, and then three months later, we did our first retreat.
0: Wow, yeah. that's pretty fast. Yeah. So getting let go, did that sort of feel like a relief and a push into like I think I have to do this thing that I'm really scared to do
1: yeah yeah certainly i mean and it like, was terrifying What else? yes what else exactly next? it really was it was like there was something happened and i really feel like it's cheesy to say but it didn't coincide with duke's birth it was just like there's no other there's no other choices you know like like i can get some side jobs i can do you know i can hustle to make things work but like you gotta do this dude you're doing it that's what it felt like and I had a, the, the, uh, really grateful situation of having a wife that was like, yeah, you do do it yeah, all the way. Awesome. Hasn't wavered. You know. Amazing. Yeah.
0: So you started the first retreat and was that in Montana where you living at the time? We did
1: it in the Berkshires outside of New York city. Um, and so that
0: uh, seems like even bigger, not just like, let's just start here where we are.
1: Well, so my, my partner on that retreat was in New York. Okay. And so he kind of, so he had, he was, he had a event production business. And so like setting up a weekend is like kind of what he did anyway. Okay. Um, and yeah, we just went for it. We got a name and worked out a, a curriculum or, or sort of a plan and got 20 dudes somehow to show up.
0: How'd you get, yeah, how'd you put it out there?
1: Just email friends and family, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was like uh, a small hydrogen bomb of love got blown up in that bar. And it was just so powerful. It was so like, just amazing.
0: And now, so it evolved from, you led that retreat, then you're what, inspired to lead more retreats? Yeah. But yeah. now it's like, yeah, what happened? what happens it's people you go on the retreat and then they can start their own group or something is that yeah. how it works yeah there, it's like kind of how like a you've whole, created this
1: well it's a whole ecosystem yeah and so i envisioned and you know not solely but i envisioned the bulk of the the sort of ecosystem like four months before duke was born Elise and i went to maui it was the first like moment i was starting to think i'm gonna lose my job i bought a notebook and just like know. just blah, just like put it in there right here's what here's what it should be, and it's uh it's all pretty much come um it's been harder than I expected it to be. I just I was naive, I've never been an entrepreneur before, right, you know, um, but yeah, so the ecosystem is this: we have weekend retreats for sixty guys at a time, we have wilderness expeditions, eight day wilderness expeditions based in uh, national parks and beautiful places. Uh, We do a training called MELT, which is the beginners of a facilitator training so men can learn how to be a better facilitator. We have a professional training, a six month professional training to really like learn the skills and eventually like facilitate our retreats. Um, We have a uh, and, and then we have our men's groups, which are peer to peer. Anyone can start them. Anyone can take our curriculum and work with it. And start a group in their so community. So even if they've
0: never come to a retreat or anything. At this
1: point, that is true. Okay. All you got to do is, is. Which is,
0: that's pretty awesome. I yeah. feel like it makes it even more accessible.
1: Well, it was one of the biggest, it was one of the things I held on to the tightest and dearest was sure. I wanted to, to make it so that, because it like, that's the thing. So when we get into these groups, the, the structure is very simple it's a simple structure with a simple set of agreements and protocols. And it really comes down to slowing down, like noticing what we feel and communicating from that place first. And it changes everything. And like the impact for men who never, it's like, uh, you know, imagine that most of America's men and we could go global. We'll just go. America are living in the desert and they're fucking thirsty, (laughs) you know? And then like, you can give them like a, a, fresh, clear spring of water for them to go to. It's like, you know, they're going to keep it works. And the, the minimum of effective dose is is remarkable in the sense that, you know, if you've lived a life totally disconnected, but you even just get like a moment of real human connection that is so compelling and it's enough. And so like you don't have to have a great level of skill to do this work. All you got to do is be willing to try. That's yeah. really all it takes. So um, that's been really exciting to prove and show that um, a lot of value can be given. And then, yes, skills are helpful too, right? So so we are building a membership platform, um, you know, a simple monthly membership platform to where we will just like give best practices and skills and content and like all that's kinds for, of like, stuff. For
0: any man can sign up, not just people that want to like lead groups. Exactly. Or be facilitators. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we have access to information. Yeah. Yeah because that's it again, like, of course, I'm a female. So I'm putting it on my way, but I'm in, it does seem like most of this sort of stuff is focused for females and that not so much for men. What do you feel like is the biggest because of that? Like, in, in even you, you know, you yeah. are like the fear of doing this work. Like, do you see that a lot with men that are coming on the retreats or want to start a men's group or whatever, like these, like, is it like fighting with like a masculinity or something? I or mean, that's
1: part of it, but it's but it's dropping and it's lessening yeah. greatly. Like, I mean, if there's, man, I just got a real strong feeling I haven't had yet. But that, yeah, pride of of mm-hmm. at least helping to crack that barrier, and you know,
0: like we're not allowed to, yeah, feel. yeah. What I, are you talking about?
1: I think yes. One of my uh, one of the biggest dreams I had for us in this whole endeavor was to give men blanket permission to feel and be themselves and to break down this prescriptive idea of masculinity, that you're only a man if, and when you're tough and earn a lot of money. And like, because it's, it, it creates a, a situation of very fragile men and, and it creates a situation of just like kind of an unwinnable situation for men to only win, you know, if yeah. xyz fall into place
0: and that doesn't just affect them because then that's going to affect their partners and how they're like showing up in the world to everybody everyone their kids their partners their yeah. the people they they're work with you living into name it. this like idea yeah. of what a man is so what that means i am so what i have to do how i make money or how i am and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah but they're a lot of times not probably ever allowing themselves to look inside the
1: two the two like main Things that i that we're attempting to pierce are uh emotional repression, which is rampant among men, maybe mm-hmm. people, but we'll just say men for now emotional it's like
0: much larger probably I'm sure with men repression but women as well.
1: and then isolation so
0: isolation. so
1: statistically, men don't have friends once they get past a certain level, their friends are the least deep and the least connected of any subgroup in the whole census, like men that. are fucking lonely, and they repress shit. Yeah. we wonder why men hurt each other and hurt themselves and hurt women i mean i don't i and i i want to be careful about how they say that because i don't think like there's this dual nature of actually addressing the problem at the source and holding men accountable that i think is a really like necessary thing we got to look at here you know yeah because
0: no i mean that's something like I obviously, yeah, I can only start from the women's standpoint, but it's like women are so fucked up from the same, you know, like whatever, how society has us believe we have to be in the world. And so then men, it's yeah. like, ow, this is like, Yeah. yeah, well, I'm super inspired by your work and that's, that's all happening. then like what, in like three to four years, two
1: and a half, three, two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of how old <laughs> Duke is. Yeah. Compared. He's three.
1: He just turned three. Yeah.
0: And how, like, what have been your, like, biggest challenges? And not just, like, business-wise, but, like, you, like, mentally and, like, keep choosing the work that you're doing. A million,
1: billion percent main challenge, almost only challenge has been we haven't been. um, We've built the company in a way and we've had so much attention and influx that we have not brought in uh, revenue enough to pay a living wage. And so I have been coaching on the side and I have been executive coaching and I've been like hustling my ass off and I'm actually not very good in that. I'm good when I get to focus on something. And so I've had to entrepreneurial make a living to support my family during this couple of years. And it's literally broken me a couple of times over. Um, because that's you
0: want it. to keep putting all of your time and attention in building every man, but the finances for that aren't coming back around yet so They're trying getting to very like,
1: close but they haven't so to in this that point.
0: yeah in that stage yeah. the earlier building stages of like yeah sort of it's like yeah you like need to put more time in ficus into it to do that but at the same time making the money that which is easier to get somewhere else right now yeah. perhaps so we yeah. have
1: healthy debt uh unhealthy debt and you know live in a rv so by the river
0: keeps you going and committed to what you're I creating mean, I,
1: I mean i think i'd be lying if it wasn't the um
0: because you could just give it up and take more of those executive coaching clients right
1: right <laughs> yeah no, i could um it's that i love it so much it feels like a, a child of mine but even more than that it's uh the response which we have received continually since day one is literally like everybody looks at me and eyes and says do not stop don't do it please don't do it this has to happen and um and the media attention and the and just like so much and so like it's been a it's just a confusing place to sit where all of the response and energy back is like holy shit and then i like turn and look at my family and the and the bank account it's just like what is going on here there's a big mismatch you know and um so we're actually raising money now and it's going really well and right. so uh, there's a there's definitely change on the horizon um but yeah it's it's been sketchy so that basic survival fear has been the toughest part i honestly the you know uh the same similar uh oriented problem of having a team of folks who want to help but we don't have the money to pay them has made things complicated, also, and, and not ideal in a lot of ways. Um, so we we had that big backsplash of energy and response made things complicated. You know, we could just like grow like a little bit naturally. It's just like whoa, just like got smacked by a bucket of water like every
0: day. Got it. What um what are your like biggest doubts or fears when it's coming to the company? Are you Mm, like yeah um well i i
1: guess i have concerns and a lot of care around if we can grow if we do grow ex- if we scale on a on a real level that we can you know hold it down and keep like if it'll keep, still
0: have the same impact yeah, with yeah. the growth loads You're like yeah it's like you yeah. want it to impact the world but then if it yeah. grows really big how will i make sure that yeah. it has my impact in it that i want yeah
1: and i think i can unhook myself more and more from getting better just naturally and it's just more about you know like can we preserve the heart of it you know the heart ethos of it and i think we can but it'll take some care i think yeah you know yeah and also just how do you square such a service oriented uh endeavor with capitalism right you know
0: yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but it sounds like you have such a community that believes in what you're doing that is done with it. So it's like then trusting your heart, like their hearts, yeah. and that like that they're all feeling the change from it. And so then they're gonna keep putting that into it, and that that's what will make it grow yeah. bigger and bigger. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I've brought my keychains for you, and you you chose which one and why everything is going my way because um
1: it would it would feel it would be nice to feel that yeah (laughs) you know yeah
0: yeah that's the one i have on my keys as well because it's like a nice reminder of when we can get stressed out about Why isn't it happening now or the money or this, that like things not lining up because I run my own business too. That it's like, hey, everything's happening. Everything's going my way. I don't it's I can't see how it's happening right now or where it's coming from. But they'll have that trust to make that be me keep showing up and doing the work that I'm passionate about, even if the dollar signs aren't showing up immediately or whatever. I'm not getting the feedback that I'm seeking or whatever that. Hey, it's all everything's going my way
1: yeah i like it 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 feels appropriate for now there's been some serious self-doubt in the past month or so but
0: yeah. good. well hopefully that'll <laughs> lift your yeah. lift your doubt quicker what is speaking of doubt uh or any heavier emotion like what's a go-to to raise your joy levels Try to shift <sighs> nature. your oh yeah. yeah non-surprising nature
1: slowing down i mean Oh, I'll tell you the the greatest thing of all time is that every Saturday now, Elise and I go on a date, and we have uh, a nanny come from eight to three, and we go to Ojai and we do yoga oh. and we get some food. Oh, like
0: day date, like a
1: whole day date nice. every single I was like, week.
0: 8
1: m. <laughs> no, eight a.m. No, it's. <laughs>
0: Awesome because you're not like tired. Like, that's what I was like, I don't want to go on a date, I'm too tired no, to leave yeah, my house. No.
1: after we, we suck at night dates, so we go on day dates <laughs> and we've prioritized too. it. It's literally like idea. I look forward to it every single week. <laughs> um, I also for other joy, you know, would be uh, when I actually get to go lead the work in person, when I run a retreat, when I run an expedition. I mean, my god, that's just like the most it just feels like a party. It is that's what it is to me, it's just like a total party. And then the boys, you know, like there's a little river back here and it gets a little low in the, in the summertime, but, um, taking Duke and like getting outside and just getting in the dirt, like
0: yeah, game over, (laughs) game over. Awesome. You got some easy mood shifters right here. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I always, I had this thought earlier and now I ask everybody to apply it to their own life. It is what is easiest for me is not always what is best for me which it's like of course but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but like i ask everybody to apply that to their own life so what is easiest for me is to what is best is to do it
1: yeah i think what's easiest for me is to go with the flow and like follow uh mm. yeah follow the impulse and energy of things and jump off cliffs it's easy it's easy for me to take risks oh put it that okay. way Okay. yeah Uh, what's best for me is to, uh, like be disciplined with habits and be disciplined with, uh, structure and space and those things.
0: Yeah. I can be like that too. I used to be like, I'm, I like to be so free and I don't like structure routines, but I thrive more when i have yeah. the structure and yeah. yeah. but believing space for freedom <laughs>
1: yeah like this office for example is new and a long time coming and it's a game changer like i just have my time here and i like i get a lot done <laughs> it's yeah just very good
0: yeah awesome oh last thing is the title of the podcast is claim it mm-hmm. meaning i feel that it, nothing is like out there somewhere once mm-hmm. i get this once We have this much money in the bank. Once we have this, then I'll feel this way that we have to be able to claim those things for ourselves or else we likely will never feel it once we get to that place. Yeah. So what are you claiming for yourself right now?
1: (laughs) Mm, Impact influence.
0: Yeah. That you are creating. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a level of, a level of, uh, receiving and in, in alignment with that,
0: yeah, awesome. I would like you to say, "I am claiming."
1: I am claiming. i never made anybody do Please. this, but I just felt Please. like you needed yeah. to. <laughs> I am claiming the impact and influence that I'm having and I'm receiving. I'm claiming the reception of uh energy and and I'm gonna be all the way fucking hippie. Abend abundance in return.
0: Awesome. See,
1: I can I can go all the way hippie.
0: <laughs> 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 thank you <laughs> all right to find more out about dan and everyman you can find everyman it's e-v-r-y man.com don't worry i have the link below <laughs> so look up everyman there and at everyman on instagram again just go to the link below because there are some vowels missing that can confuse you. And you can find Dan at Dan Doty, D-O-T-Y on Instagram. For the full show notes, all the links go to yourjoyologist.com slash podcast, and you'll find all the episodes and links there. For me, of course, I'm at yourjoyologist on all social media. I would love, love, love so much for you to subscribe and for you to rate and review the podcast. Those reviews mean so much to me, and they actually do mean something to the podcast world on getting the podcast more out in, heard, and seen in the world. So leave a review, screenshot it to me, and if you've already left a review, you can still screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at Each week, I pick some money to spend, send a box full of my goodies from my product line, which we've got ornaments right now, which are awesome, the keychains, of course mugs, wine glasses, journals, notepads, magnets, so many things. The affirmation deck, all sorts of kick-ass affirmation-based products. So send that to me, podcast at yourdralogist.com. And today I'm going to ask you, what are you claiming for yourself moving forward? So 2020, but start right now in this moment and maybe that'll be your word for 2020. Shout it out, DM me, share it with me on social media. I would love to know and hear and support you and cheer you on because you are awesome and you got this.